business. The blog and podcast for game changers and innovators in the construction industry. Hello and welcome to this episode of the AEC Business Podcast. My name is Arni Heiskanen and I'm a construction innovation agent based in Helsinki, Finland. My guest is Hugh Seaton, whose book, The Construction Technology Handbook, Making Sense of Artificial Intelligence and Beyond, just came out. Hugh, welcome and congrats on the book. Thank you, Arnie. Excited to be here. So let's start off by by you introducing yourself, what you, who you are, what you do. Yeah. So I'm right now uh, head of product for CSI's Crosswalk product. Um, prior to this, spent uh, a couple of years as GM at uh, the Glimpse Group, which is a VR AR company in New York. Um, prior to that, had built a company that used a number of different technologies towards the construction industry. Uh, and along the way, just got really passionate about the, about the challenge that we're in the middle of, this digital transformation of one of the world's largest and most fractured industries. Um, it's a little easier to you know, transform com- companies that are primarily office-based and very concentrated, a lot harder to do what we're doing. Um, so, you know, it's been kind of a passion of mine for years now. So, so much uh, passion that you decided to write a book. Yeah, you know, I, I kept coming across some of the same questions and issues um, about um, comfort level with, with certain kinds of technology and trust in certain kinds of technology. Um, that plus the fact that I was honestly, I was launching a company that I wanted to get funded. So I thought, let's just go ahead and write a book. Um, This book is really aimed at um, taking people from the beginning of the question of what is digital technology as far as I can take it in a book. So this is for people who are are not as comfortable with digital technology in the beginning of the book, but then we get into practical issues like how does AI really work? How does VR really work and, and what can it be used for? And of course, there's examples all the way through it. Arnie, I think you were my number two interview when I was when I was doing the book. So uh, I, so, you know, I, I talked to over 150 or so people along the way to get cases and perspectives and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I think that we've, um, one of the key things that we need to get done is to make sure that people that are asked to use things feel comfortable with them. And the book is one of the ways that I think we can address that. Yeah. And thank you for including me and, and in the, in the, in the process, it was really interesting. So, yeah. um, um, you call it a handbook. What makes your book a handbook? A couple of things. One is it's organized by topics you can go back to. So it's it's obviously you can read like anything. You can read it from end to end and it does sort of one follow the next. But it really is meant to be something someone can go back to later when they're not sure what an API is. Because, you know, again, lots of people don't spend most of their time thinking about technology. So when someone's asking what is this or what is that, you can easily go back and find it. Um, so it isn't quite an index, but it is meant to be, a, a, you know, a reference as well as something that can be read end to end. And the second, yeah. actually, while we're talking, a second point is I tried to be as inclusive as possible to the point where people will know some of this stuff already because I wanted to make sure it was all in there. I, I talked for a minute about what Wi-Fi is, for example. I mean, most people practically know what that is, but I wanted them to understand that it's one of a, a group of technologies that allow for wireless networking. So my point is, it was it was very inclusive for that same reason. So it's a, a reference you can go back to. 
Yeah, that's that's a good approach. I I, I think yes. So um, you touched on this already a little bit, but who who should read your book? Well, I think it's it's there's a couple of of because it's you know it's two hundred pages. The goal originally was to think about people who are not living technology every day but use it, um, whether it's a site superintendent, whether it's a trades tradesperson. Um, but also, you know, we go up into what AI, VR, and so the back half of the book is more advanced technologies. So honestly, anyone who's involved in, in construction technology, I think should, would, you know, obviously it's my book. I think everyone should read it. <laughs> um, so the idea then is, again, as a handbook, there should be pieces of it that are, that you can skip over and there are pieces of it that, that we're gonna, are gonna be relevant to you. So someone who is, as I say, a site superintendent might not care about supervised learning in artificial intelligence is, um, but they they might care more about, okay, what is this API thing and how should I talk to uh, software vendors? We have a whole section on, on how to think about software vendors um, and how to work with them, how to how to do pilots and so on and so forth. So there's there's bits in it that, that are for everybody, I think. Mm, yeah, it's a good point. When you're buying buying something, especially technology, you have to have some sort of understanding of what you're buying. That's right. And what should you expect? Because the, the, the vendor themselves, depending on their maturity, are going to want to pilot as short as possible and get paid as quickly as possible and might, especially in the case of startups, might underestimate how, um, how early their own technology is. They might think their solution's a little more ready for prime time than it is. So you're going to want to give people time to discover that and, and address it. And that, that usually is a little longer than, than people want. So you said you uh, did many interviews. So based on your interviews and research, what would you say is the state of construction technology right now? It's, it's a lot like the industry itself. You know, the U.S. has about 730,000 companies that call themselves a construction company. Now, most of those are two or three person LLCs. In fact, I believe it's 600 and something thousand or under five people. Um, the same is true in, in construction technology. You've got companies that are using off-the-shelf um, accounting uh, software, and that's kind of all they use. You've got other companies um, that are, are doing well in that they've got a team that is, is you know, looking at what's out there that can help them um, and a process to bring new things in. And then you've got teams like the DP, I'm talking a little US-centric here, but um, teams like Mortensen and DPR and QIT and some others where they've got a pretty extensive team, including their own developers in-house. They've got, you know, Unity developers to do VR, where they're actually quite sophisticated. So it, it really is across the board in, um, in terms of, of level of sophistication. There's two reasons I think that's a little different for most other, other industries. The biggest of those is that... Um, the range of companies is just broader than it normally would be. There would have been in, in most industries that you would have seen a little more consolidation and, and a little bit less fragmentation of, of the general contractors and, and subcontractors. I think the second is the field um, means that people are out there solving physical problems so much that they're, they just, it's not as easy to adopt new technologies as it is when you're in a stable environment like at an office or at a desk. So I think those two things kind of make for a, a really varied story. Arnie, the second thing I'd say to that is, is the state is uh, of, of the uh, industry, what kept coming up over and over again is people saying, I wish my people understood data better. I wish they just got the idea of, of consistent data allows you to ladder it up and do some analyses. So there's a bit of a, there's a, about half a chapter of that in the book 
But interestingly, while I was writing the book, that kept coming up. So I said, why don't we do a course? Because, you know, why not do another thing? Um, I wound up doing a five-part series with Procore that is that was launched in October. Procore, uh, Sasha Reed specifically, was like, this is a fantastic idea. We've got a platform for it. So her internal team at, at Procore um, helped to produce this, and I did the writing. And unfortunately, I'm on, on camera some of it. I'm, I'm joking, but, but it, uh, it was a, I'm really proud of where that wound up. And it speaks a little bit to where we are, is that, that as we put these tools into people's hands, understanding what they're ultimately good for, which is laddering up data, doing analyses, and ultimately optimizing how we do what we do, takes a little bit of explanation. And a, a, the book wasn't only about that. So I, I was careful to talk about it, but the, the, the courses, which are free, I think do a nice job of that. Mm, very good. Perhaps if, if you're just starting on, on construction technology and wondering what to do, what are the low hanging fruit that AEC firms could could pick? Well, you know, there's a couple things. One of them, I, I actually had a, a really nice conversation with a guy named Chris Mayer, who was the, the head of, of innovation at Suffolk for some years. He had a really nice way of thinking about um, technology in, our, in construction specifically. And his, his idea was thinking of it in the lean way, like kind of lean construction where what is adding value to the customer versus what is just enabling that process. So things like, um, uh, you know, digitizing paperwork, that's not really adding value in terms of, of, of putting work in place, but it makes the other activities necessary. It turns out that it's a lot easier to improve the enabling um, processes first because they're a little bit more general, they're a little bit more computer-based. So the first thing I think people should look at is, you know, obviously you want to have the best tools you can in Milwaukee and some other other tool makers. Stanley makes some tools that are doing some really advanced things, but an easy way to do things is to start with the enabling processes like scheduling, project management, um, even BIM coordination now has become to the degree, well, first of all, using BIM, <laughs> but mm -hmm. BIM coordination in the field is, has become a lot easier in terms of visualization and even localizing the BIM kind of model to what you're working on. So I think the, the lowest hanging fruit, as I say, is probably the stuff that is least disruptive to the guys in the field, men and women in the field. It's a bit of an indicator that I said that. Um, um, and then think about how to um, change how people are actually putting work in place. And there's a, honestly, there's a lot less technology out there that helps people put work in place. Um, there are some things out there, but not that much. Most of it is really focused on scheduling. You know, one of the things that I've done as a compliment to the, the book is the, the uh, construction technology quarterly. As a book, it, it can't do, I, I couldn't do a survey of technology because it changes every week. That's what we do every quarter. So we really gathered everything I could find in the US and a, a, a starting representation of the rest of the world. One of the things you and I are gonna talk about actually is to hopefully get a better picture of, of, uh, of Europe. But the point is in looking at all of that, you see an enormous number of job site management, uh, project management, and a few other things. Um, and a lot less that, that deals with, as I say, actually putting work in someone's hands and putting it in place. Mm -hmm. So looking in, into the future, what, what do you see as the, the biggest changes in the coming years regarding construction technology? Well, I think, again, I'm gonna speak a little US centric here, but I think this is a general point. We have a, an enduring um, talent shortage. Um, the COVID didn't change that. 
Um, if anything, it, it may have exacerbated, but demographically, we have a problem. Um, I think that you're going to find a few things. I think the use of technology to make a professional more productive and able to handle more things is absolutely going to happen. Um, I think the continuing use of these product ma project management and job site management tools to make the most of the teams that you do have, um, you're going to see more and more. And again, the top end of the of the sort of range of, of companies, they're already doing this, but I think it's going to filter down into smaller and smaller uh, general contractors and, and subcontractors. An interesting thing I've seen, and I'm sure you have as well, is that some of the mechanical contractors are actually really, and they're not alone, but I find them often at the front, forefront, are really leading the way in terms of adoption and innovation of new ways of doing things. Uh, whether it's offsite construction, broadly industrialized construction, um, or just how they're scheduling and how they're, how they're using technology. So I think that, that you're going to see, I don't know if you've ever heard that, that, that old expression, um, the future isn't, uh, uh, the future isn't, isn't, is already here. It's just uh, in, unevenly distributed. I butchered that one, but that's from William okay. Gibson. Well, I don't think that's ever more true than it is in the construction industry is that somebody now is doing something that a smaller company will do in five years, which is great. It means that they can read things that I write or, or, or interviews that you do and learn without having to, to you know, ex expend quite the same amount of money to figure it out. Um, I do think, though, that also, um, as I indicated before, I think you're going to see more and more things built offsite. I think that that a way to get millennials and, and other new workers into the industry is to make it a little less hard to be in the industry. So, you know, minimizing the amount of freezing weather where you're out, you know, putting work in place. It, there's, there's no getting around that to some degree, but mm -hmm. minimizing it and having people able to work in a controlled environment like a, like a factory, um, I think is, is appealing. And I think you're going to see more and more of it. You know, we've had because of COVID, some difficulty with Katera. There's a company called Skender in Chicago who's pulled back a little bit. Um, I don't think that's an indicator that it's a bad idea. I think it's an indicator that it's a different way of financing what you do and something that construction companies don't often have to think about is how are we going to pull in that kind of money in that way? Um, because it's just different. You're looking at a different time scale. You can't book things to a job. Um, so you know, their entire financial organization changes when you're thinking about investing in machinery instead of just um, you know, tools that you can book to a job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, about the book, where can our audience buy the book? So it's a, yeah, um, my, favorite, my favorite question. It's available on Amazon right now. I believe that's the best way to get it. I, I just checked that you can get it certainly at Amazon in the UK. I, I didn't have time before our call to check Finland, but I'm pretty sure you can get it there as well. Um, so yeah, it's available today. Um, I've already had a pretty good amount of pre-orders, which is exciting. I think I'm hopefully speaking to a, to some level of a question. Um, so yeah, Amazon's the best way. There's something on Wiley as well, but I think I think Amazon's the best. So now, now that you have the book uh, ready and waiting for orders. <laughs> so what, what, what other plans do you have for the future? Yeah, so I, I like this idea of doing a quarterly roundup and discussion. So I did one in December, we'll do another in March. So every quarter, I'm going to pull together as good a picture as I can of the construction technology companies that I can find. There are, there are other websites like yours in, in, in America. There's a couple of uh, Built Worlds being one and, and Blue Collar Labs being another. That, that will often do a deeper dive on a smaller group. But for me, I, I like the idea that, a, that one of these 
mid-tier general contractors can go to the, the construction technology quarterly and just look for what they're what they want to get done. I've organized it by um, by jobs to be done. So the stuff you need to get done instead of the technology that you're using, although you can search for that too. But I also, while I'm doing that, have done some level of analysis of the industry also for other players. So how many construction companies and how can we start to segment them and think intelligently about them instead of saying it's a $1.3 trillion industry in the US, therefore XYZ. Well, it's kind of not. It's actually a collection of sub-segments that ladder up to a big number, but but nobody plays in a $1.3 trillion industry. Nobody really operates there. You operate in the segment that's relevant to you. So starting to analyze it and, and kind of give back to the industry a little bit more clarity and some some easily quotable, and, and honestly, I've made it really easy to just cut and paste some of the graphs so that the, the state of knowledge continues to move forward. Um, you know, I put it up on, on a slide share so people can just grab it if they want. So I'll look to do that every quarter. Um, we have a podcast called Constructed Futures, um, which again is speaking to leaders like yourself to, to kind of ask where it's all going. Um, that's, that's been going well and I'm looking to push that a little bit this year. And I can't help myself, I'll probably write another book. <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah. So. So Hugh, thank you very much for this opportunity uh, to, uh, and discussion, and um, I hope to hear more from you in the future. And read. Arnie, thank you. This has been great. Thank you.